Welcome to Safe Space with Tracy the Therapist. It's Tracy, your host. Why Safe Space? Safe Space is a podcast that focuses on mental health, self-awareness, and so much more. Our aim is to get you to do some introspection and get a different perspective about life, and as a result, live a more meaningful and fulfilling life as you embark on a journey to self-discovery. Okay, guys, let's dig in. I have Ruth. Hi guys. Maliti. Just say hi to the people. Hello. He's the only guy we have here. He's like our brother, so we'll be getting so much from him from the male perspective. Yvonne with us here. Hello. Leticia. Hello. Agi. Hi. People. Say hi to the people. Hi. And people. me, Tracy. Yeah, we are excited to be here talking about today's topic is childhood trauma. This is our very first podcast and uh, we can't wait to dig in and just explore and discuss more on what this is. So basically childhood trauma uh, are things that we experience as children that leave a lasting effect on us mentally, emotionally and even the way we behave. That's uh, what um, childhood trauma basically means yeah how do you know if you have childhood trauma ruth how do you think what do you think are some of the telltale signs that someone could be having that show that someone has been through childhood trauma anyone can chip in for me i feel like uh the biggest indicator that someone had a rough childhood would be people pleasing People pleasing. People pleasing. Okay. Um, Agi, what do you think is something that someone could live with and it's a, as a result of childhood trauma and probably they don't even know? For me, I think I'll see how they handle certain aspects of their relationship or how they behave, certain behaviors they have mm. towards certain situation around them. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think there are just certain things that uh, we live with. Sometimes you're angry, you don't know why you're angry. You have attachment issues, you don't know why you have attachment issues. Uh, you're depressed, you have trust issues. There's self-destruction behavior, withdrawal and avoidance. These are some of the things that you could be living with and you don't even know the genesis of all of this. And that's why we are saying skeletons in the closet because you have these issues, but you don't know where the genesis of all these issues stems from. So I personally, um, when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in a, a, a domestic, a domestic where there was domestic violence. And as an adult now, knowing myself and being more self-aware, I know some of the things that I struggled with today as a result of experiencing the domestic violence that was going on in my household and uh, sometimes from these traumas you can choose to learn from them and sometimes they affect us so in my family we have siblings that uh, struggle with alcoholism as a result of 
the domestic violence that we went through. So for me, how it affected me is just not to trust myself, especially when I am angry. I am not. I don't know what I am capable of doing when I get extremely angry, and that plays out in my relationship. So I am carrying this baggage from my childhood, and it's affecting me and how I interact. And I try to avoid conflict for a very long time because I've always thought that if we have conflict, we could end up having a case of domestic violence. So that's how it has played out. But uh, I think just being self-aware is the first step to knowing how to address these issues. Um, Maliti, we're just talking about how someone, some of the things that we might be experiencing as adults that are a result of our childhood, our childhood trauma. Like anger issues, someone can have anger outbursts or destructive behavior. And most likely they grew up in a, a play, an environment, let's say destructive behavior, let's say alcoholism. If someone grew up watching their father, you're, you're the man here, you, uh, you can maybe enlighten us on how you think a child will be affected by watching the parents abuse alcohol or drugs or any substance. Anyone can chip in, guys. They're here smiling, acting all shy. <laughs> I, I think when, when, when you see that, eh, what comes to picture, there's this friend of mine, Nahaja, he was male. Their father was such an authoritative figure in the sense that where they lived was, there was no, you know, normally when you're a small child, when you're beaten, the first place you run to is home to, to go and report that this someone has beaten me. Mm. But for them was opposite in the sense that you'd only run home if you're going to tell your father that you've beaten someone. Mm. And then it usually be, would be good for you if the person that you had a fight with is older than you and you've defeated, mm. you really get a lot of appraisal from the, from the father. Mm. So now you find even in their neighborhood there was, a, there was this law, if so-and-so child beats your child, don't bother, go and report. Because what the father used to do was stand at the door, say, let's wait for their parents to come. If they come, he will question them in the sense of your child is, my child is younger, yours is older, why is he being beaten? So they, for them to get appraisal from their father, they used to have to do something. Mm. You find even when eating, they were so tense, they couldn't. So we used to wonder why he was rough. He used, mm. generally used to be rough with everyone, everyone. And even, especially ladies, Till there's a time we sat him down and said, if you're rough with ladies like this, how would you get a woman to sit down, talk to, and marry? And for him, his turning point was one time where he was living, he, there was a problem. So like, whenever you push him to do something, he used to be on the forefront. So his, his uh, neighbors pushed him, he bit the, the caretaker. Mm. And I remember that Sunday he came and told me. So I remember the next day I got a phone call, he's been arrested, he's in a police station. So when I went to, to him, he used to be very rough with authority. We used to get him jobs. If he disagreed with the boss, he would. So that tendency the father had put in them. Mm. So I remember that time when we eventually got him, because even trying to negotiate was a problem, mm. so I had to allow him to sleep to have a thinking. So we all met that evening, sat him down and told him we don't like what he's doing. He needs to rethink his life. That's when it hit him, how his father had raised them. That mm. trauma of their father mm. was affecting relationship for him mm. and also with the, 
with especially with authority mm. and since authority is higher than him mm. you can recall when if you bet someone older than you mm. you will get the affirmation from from your father so i think i've seen that it's, okay. it's very true what you're saying okay and yeah just to pick it up from there there's one thing you have talked about when you started just sharing and it's more of awareness of our experiences and so basically we are informed we are guided by most of our experiences uh, from the past uh, and the truth of the matter is there is no one individual who can this they can say they don't have experiences from the past unless for some reason they have been erased from their memory or they cannot remember them completely yeah but when it comes to childhood experiences of course they do form how we interact and how we manage to navigate our lives mm. uh, i like even we said uh, during your childhood the the the, the things that uh, you went through and how you even like avoid uh, having a conflict most probably of what you saw happening when mm. a conflict happened yeah. I, I think for me my childhood experiences yes I usually say my parents did the best they could with what they had learned yeah. because most probably that was that was what was passed from them and all they knew from their parents parents mm. parents and generations back there but the good thing is uh, for me I feel like when you say in terms of awareness we live in a space of in an era of seeking more information and education and seeking more wisdom and knowledge to allow us as much as of our experiences are there with us mm. we have gone through them to see if we can paint a different picture because of what we know so we can have a, a chance of giving our children a different perspective of how things can they can be done and i usually say and there are no guarantees as well even for yeah, them as exactly. well because they end up getting married to different people they yeah. enter different, different people different traumas, eh? we have different traumas mm. and most probably the only thing i can do the best is most probably navigate and try to help my child handle uh, traumas better but uh, yeah traumas and uh, traumas will always be there yeah. depending on uh, how you are brought up and different situations like the father wants the alcohol the alcoholics when you say I uh, most probably uh, if I would use my dad I don't know my dad was not an alcoholic but I saw spots of uh, anger mm. and most probably those also were passed down and most probably the only way I knew how to deal with people when I'm not I, I disagree with them or I'm mad it's a uh, uh, throw a, a tantrum mm. uh, be angry at them even as even without necessarily knowing where that anger stems from just because it's what you watched right? it's so what it's what was played mm. and so it's like monkey see monkey do yeah so if people you do not agree with them mm. then you get angry at them as a way of uh, trying to i don't know would i put up a, a a defense yeah yeah and which mostly sometimes uh doesn't work or ends up even bringing more harm mm depending on the people you are trying to put up that kind of anger and they do not know how to process it and yeah. they might push actually it ends up pushing people further mm. and there's a kind of a fear that comes in and so people might end up having a fear of you yeah. even when you do not know but i think i'm at a different place right now yeah awareness i guess yeah. and then also I, what i noticed about the 
our communication, the way we communicate, even as adults, even in our relationships. I remember, like most of us, when we were growing up, it's you could not express yourself. Mm. You could not go against what the parent has said. Mm. If they've said you cannot ask questions, mm. it was like a military camp. So because we did not have that, uh, like. Uh, for me, I've struggled with communication as an adult. Now it plays out in my marriage. Because um, even in my parenting, for some reason, when my kids are trying to express themselves, I've said do something, there's that part of me that goes back to my childhood. I'm like, why do this? Why do I have to explain to these people? Yes. If it were our days, I would not have to even ask a question. They would be dead. Yeah, mm. I would be chapoid. You'd mm. be slapped a hot one. Eh? Yes. <laughs> so it now, because we cannot express ourselves as an adult, you grow up and you, this thing co- called communication, you're unable to express yourself yes. or you're unable to challenge. Even t- just in schools, minus parents, mm. in school, you would not challenge a teacher. Yes. We literally used to fear teachers i don't know about you guys for us we i think i can say something um and 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 this has to do more or less with um our cultures Mm. the african culture yeah how we were brought up Mm. um how the society as a child we were not expected to even question or speak back to our parents so we'll take what our parents say and sometimes Mm-hmm. Uh, it might it might not be the truth, mm-hmm. but we have to obey. And so I think culture has played a big role, yeah. very big role I in agree our with you. I agree yeah mm-hmm. in, in our bringing. Mm-hmm. And and as a result, um, um, you you you'll find most of us even today in how we are bringing up our children, how we are parenting our children, we are trying to relate even from how we were brought up eh? and so yeah and so i think culture also has played a very big role yeah yeah even my even culture like now when you talk about culture these things like um uh uh that a female circumcising the girl child genital something fgm FGM. that is still a childhood trauma people get traumatized from doing that and uh Speaking about also these childhood traumas, when you look at us as adults, there is uh, these attachment issues. Ruth, do you want to talk about attachment issues, that how they play out in, uh, in adulthood when someone experiences, how, how, what does someone go through as a child that later is portrayed as attachment issues as a child? For me, my experience would be growing up uh, in a house where um, my parents are not present because mm. uh, my dad usually had to travel a lot and my mom was uh, an alcoholic. Mm. You end up growing up having to please everyone because you have this mentality of pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Mm. So you end up having, um, there's this attachment you call, how do you, what do you call it? There's a word for it. There's avoided attachment, and then there's another one. What's the other one? No, there are two. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll try and, and check it out. Anxious yeah. attachment. Oh, okay. Yeah, so anxious mm-hmm. attachment. For example, your partner will be going through their own personal stuff, but for you, you're like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. What have I done? How can I make it better for you? What, mm-hmm. what, what? So you end up um, being like 
you're always anxious in that relationship, which at the end of it all is just it becomes toxic. Yeah. Because you it's not that's not a healthy relationship, but mm. it usually stems from how you grew up. And also having um for me also dealing with abandonment issues. Because you mm. see, your dad is not around, your mom usually is drunk or so sleeping mm. and you're there to take care of yourself. Mm. So yeah, we as adults we are really struggling and it also affects how you raise your kids. How does it play like now? Because mm. now for me, because my yeah. mom was never present to teach me how life is supposed to be, mm. I, the world taught me. So now I'm so harsh when it comes to my children because I'm like, the world is so unfair. Mm. So don't, don't think I'll be fair to you. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah? I feel like that's how I protect them. But at the end of the day, you're causing more trauma than mm. helping your own children. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also the beauty is you are aware of uh, what happened to you earlier. And so even as you bring up your children, right now you are bringing them up uh, uh, from a point of, you know, awareness that you've, you've been able to differentiate from, you know, how it was previously, as how you grew up, and now you're able to bring up your children in a better way. I would, I would think that's um, something that even has learning this, it's helping us to even, uh, as much as we are struggling, but the awareness that we are right now, we are aware that because of childhood traumas that we went through as, uh, as kids, now we can bring up our children with a better understanding. Yeah. yeah. Even when, when, when uh, Ruth is talking about an absentee father, mm, I remember my dad was forced to retire when I was in class six. So he was up country. And him being absent really not that much. Well, I remember what my mom used to do was April and August when we used to close school would go up country to be with him. And, and, and one thing he used to, I remember when he used to put us down and sit and talk to us, his, her statements would always be, your father and I have decided. In a way she really tried to to, to remind us, as, as much as she's not here, she's present. But that's how it affected me. It reached a point that you find, cause I could see it when I got married, before I saw how it was affecting my marriage and change it, mm. I was used to doing things. Because my mom was the one who was doing things. Mm. But the one who's sitting at home, she's the one who's paying us, uh, she's paid school fees, we've eaten. So you find it in now in, in my own house, I would want to do everything, to be in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, at times, like Tracy was saying, we tend to forget, even as Martin was saying, two people coming and we're raised differently. Yeah. We don't know what kind of trauma the other one. For my husband was different was, yes, their father was, he used to work far, but was there, but their father was a story for, just another story for another day mm -hmm. that forced their mother to be there. And for him, you would find he'll be very careful by the time you tell him something, he would, he would weigh the odds. Mm. Because you find like him from his first salary, he started paying his father's debts. Mm. The first salary he ever earned in his life. So you find when you tell him something, he takes time to sit and analyze it and answer you. Me, I was different. I am someone who thinks on my feet. Because mm. my mom needed to think on her feet. Her feet. My, my dad is not there. So now when, when I used to tell him something, I wonder, we need to think this now, now, now. So by the time I realized that, oh, we are different, I'd learned to let, tell him something, him he decides, and he, I knew he would come back to me. 
and with time you'd see now he could start now weighing this is quite urgent that decision has to be made very fast this one can take time and when i let go of that and allowed him to do certain things because you see he came with that fear of i don't want to be like my father you know at times when you say you were saying some some things when you're aware you so there's that thing i don't want to be like my father i have yeah. to make sure i've done this 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 so my wife needs to relax and you see yeah your wife is coming he was used to seeing the yeah. mother being in charge not in a bad way so how she understand also i need to be in charge for us to be to yeah. be moving yeah okay thank you guys um i appreciate all you sharing um i'm, I'm just thinking hard about uh now most uh, people that are in domestic violence like situations is it as a result of childhood trauma i'm thinking someone who stays in an abusive because that's the most common one of the biggest issues and uh, a very common issue that we have and sometimes you wonder why does someone stay in an abusive marriage my thought is um if you're growing up and you don't feel valued because i'm thinking the the safest place for a person to run to when they're in an, in a, an abusive situation is home so i'm thinking if home is not safe to run to for a, a lady or a man then they stay in this situation because maybe it's what they witnessed like if i grow up and yeah. my mom was being beaten yeah. i tend to think it's a norm yeah. and even when when we have people thinking that if you're not beaten you're not loved like it's engraved in us as children so when you find when i'm thinking when you find people staying in in uh, abusive situations sometimes um, um, uh, sometimes it's as a result of their childhood experiences yes. and that's what makes them stay mm. and we don't understand why can't this person just up and leave yes why should they stay in such an abusive is it because they don't have a safe space to run to i think and, i think abuse is as different forms mm. and uh, different faces yeah mm. uh, even just talked about our cultures so mm. i'll talk about like three different things that most probably you can look at when you look at abuse mm. uh while i interact with my mom uh, let me just put it like that because she says that women were supposed to be beaten to show that they showed respect it was a way of submitting and so you'd come go to cultures if a woman is not been beaten mm. then she's not been loved there are cultures which are like that until today okay yeah i know even where women would advise even their daughters when mm. they are married if you are beaten just take it in there that's what we, that's what happens to women this is something which happens and it's an abuse but because it has been practiced in cultures it becomes a norm and so you find sometimes when people are married they go into marriage and they have been abused physically let's mm. go go physically mm. they don't think it's something which is wrong this is the way a woman is corrected yeah. so that's one phase of abuse that most probably you find people in marriages they do not they do not they do not know where it's not even about having a safe space mm. it's not about going back because where are you going back to when you go back to your folks mm. when you go back to your brothers and sisters when you go back to people who you have been who know you they tell but that's what happens to women so it's not so, a strange thing to them so as a child that has been engraved in so your yeah mind. and so they are stuck mm. in their cultures yeah and hence that culture is causing harm to them without them knowing unless they are brought to a place of being shown this actually is not what this is wrong uh, but the other thing mm. i would like to talk about abuses is uh, 
especially physical abuse mm. and even uh, most probably because abuse is physical it's emotional yeah. but, but the physical abuse what i've seen is uh, they also as much as we learn these things we have seen i was growing up I, let's say i grow up i saw my dad and mom fighting every day and so most probably the way i know how to resolve conflict in my marriage is through a fight yeah mm. uh, there are those who have gone through those spaces mm. uh, personally i would say I, I i've never interacted with that space where mm. solve, uh, solving a conflict is through a physical a physical uh, fight but i think i've been on the other flip side where solving a conflict has been more of emo uh, emotional abyss where the words you say, the way you say it, mm. uh, what you tell people. Like I usually use, uh, if you're fighting with, with my wife and I keep on telling her, you're very stupid. Mm. Uh, you're the worst person on this earth. I'm not hitting her per se, mm. but those words leave a permanent damage that cannot no. be undone. Mm. And you might find that most probably she saw that happening in their home setup as well, mm. where people were emotionally abused as a way of resolving conflict. And she, she just sticks in there because she thinks that's the way things are supposed to go mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen. But the other craziest thing I've seen now is where people become emotional. Uh, the abuse is where you find people are physical and emotional. And it's not something they learned from home mm -hmm. or where they were brought up. And I've seen people, actually men, who are physically, who are, they, they, they use physical abuse on their wives. And where they were brought up, there was no such kind of thing. Because I feel sometimes, even through our interactions, let's say if you find company, let's say like as you grow up, you're in high school, you're friends, I usually say you're an average of your friends. Yeah. So if your friends are wife beaters, I'm using this as an example, mm. if they're women as well who, uh, who beat, their men. beat their men as well. Mm. So let's use, let's, let me just, for the sake of your majority are women here. So if you have women, if you are, you are friends to women who beat their husbands, then the likelihood of that rubbing off you, you, even if most probably it has never happened in your childhood, mm. it's very high. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But also, I think uh, uh, moving on, I think we are all a work in progress as we try to heal our childhood traumas. I think for us, uh, oh, by the way, guys, I didn't mention all of us are therapists to be. We are currently. Oh, we are counselors already. Oh, we are counselors. Eh? I don't know why I prefer the word therapy over counselor. Mm, we are counselors. We, we, we are all counselors. Okay, I am a therapist to be. You are a counselor? Yeah, counselors. <laughs> yeah. Um, as, we, as I study, there's this one thing that stood out for me that can be something that can... I don't think I can completely avoid doing certain things that might be traumatic experiences for my children i will be more conscious and more aware but life just has even natural disasters can cause, ch cause childhood experiences yes. childhood trauma sorry mm. and even death can mm. cause childhood those are things that are beyond there are things that are beyond our control that can end up affecting our children eh? but um i think just working to make sure you provide the best to your child this is a developmental stages that we've studied mm. in school uh, some eric erickson has some developmental stages and sigmund Freud, where uh, they they just talk about the developmental stages of a child and where they are and their needs yes. because most times we don't understand why our children are behaving the way we are and the first thing for us is to react like mm. for me most times 
before I knew now the developmental stages, I find myself just shouting at my kids for behaving a certain way. Mm. Or just like my daughter, now I know that the stage she's at is she's into her friends. But me as a mom, my expectation from her is why do you have to hang out with your friends all the time can you sit at home and read be responsible do this and do that little do i did i know that i can be causing her trauma i'm denying her maybe i'm killing her social abilities at that stage mm. so some of them are and are, are not are not intentional and some of them you can't but just being aware and meeting your child's needs where they are is one of the ways that i, I believe we can minimize some of these traumatic experiences for our children mm. Yeah, and just uh, just being an intentional parent, like knowing what you went through, yes. and you didn't want it to happen to your child. Mm-hmm. But most times we we project yes. unconsciously, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, our times are just different. Our children are experiencing different things, mm-hmm. and I think their trauma will just be different. Your child can be traumatized by you denying them. For us as parents, I feel like we have to get to a point where we as as we protect our children mm. we are we try to avoid causing trauma yeah yeah but what is t- trauma today what is trauma for our children because as it was beating unable to communicate domestic violence oh, oh, yeah ds dv still there but what what traumas are our children experiencing in this day and era what are the the traumatic experience they are likely to face from us as parents because i believe us we are more liberal we allow our children to express themselves a bit and we allow them to communicate. I think we are a bit more liberal because of what we've gone through. But then there are also certain things that could be traumatic for this. I call them Braille kids. Mm. <laughs> I feel like our children now are like so sensitive, yeah. so soft, mm. as we were hardened. Yeah. But what are some of their experiences that we might even invalidate? Yes. Did you know, like my son wanted to grow his hair. Yes. For us then, self-esteem was how I looked at myself. But for, for kids nowadays, I feel like just refusing him to grow his hair and blending with the rest can be traumatic for your child mm. and and i think i agree um, um i agree with you about that because just actually and um sharing an experience about my son yeah. and and this time uh, he had moved from a school where they would do any hairstyle that they want but now the new school was not allowing him to even have the long hair and even have it, you know, the style that he wants to have his hair cut and all that. And and sincerely speaking, it really cost him uh, quite something because at some point he didn't want to go to school. And the first day when wow, he went because to... because of hair? Yes, because of hair. It's that fact, big of a deal. It is, it and, is. And yet when we were young, all of us had to shave our hair. Yeah. I don't know about in Uganda, we yeah. had to shave clean. Actually, actually, his experience yeah. was really not a good one because mm. the first day we walked into that school and we are seated uh, somewhere near the administration block and he was on the look trying to look at oh okay this one uh they have short air this is how they're supposed you know and all that and by the time we were living there he had already told me this is not the place for him mm. but as a parent i'm thinking this is what um as a parent i can afford mm. and this is where it needs to be yeah and so i ended up pushing him to remain there only for his grades to start dropping wow 
because of hair because of his hair can you imagine and it was a big issue it's a big and issue you have so to respect we, that. you have to respect that mm. you had to respect that and so for the two years he was in that school his grades were always we have to talk to him we have to encourage him we have to tell him this and that and that and until um at some point when i, I mean i had actually to look for someone a therapist to sit down with him wow. and discuss about that <laughs> yeah and and discuss about that and he got to a point of okay accepting but not really mm. because the next school that he moved to mm. to date and I, you know my son yeah. is he only has an afro yeah that's his hair mm. and you don't want to even touch that Yeah. So for him because he would be projecting and saying, you know, even I cut my hair short, my forehead, my you know, their self-conscious. Yes, yeah. yes, and their looks, how they look. Yeah, it's, it's very big, important. Yeah. It's a big deal. I think so, the times have changed. Speaking of hair, even my son, he wanted this rugged hair and uh, I was I had a hard time accepting it because I am the parent of when you're going to school mm, yeah to my childhood experience uh-huh. was you have to be neat well yeah. dressed shave your hair mm. and she, he has this coily hair yeah. mm-hmm. which is so hard to comb and i'm wondering he's asking me to grow his hair i'm looking at the coil i'm like who is going to be responsible mm. to make sure this hair is neat because i want a neat child reporting to school mm. fully ironed uniform if it's white it's white if it's blue it's blue shoes are polished shining and a clean shaved head and here comes my he was actually 6 then my 6 year old telling me he wants to grow his hair and i'm totally refusing so i realized every time i took him for a haircut he was so unhappy he was so unhappy mm. Mm. so when you're talking about therapy um then i was doing my therapy sessions i'm like let me have it with my therapist and my therapist said this is their time things are different i had not been keen to look at his classmates and i knew one of his best friends had grown his hair so me i thought it's just influence of this one child yes. so i'm like let me pick this up mm. i teach him a lesson mm. you don't have to copy your friend mm. just because he has hair and then i realized when i was when i tried to begin i realized in his class everyone had grown hair and and my therapist told me what's the worst that can happen because your child's esteem will be affected by just hair. So when you talk about hair, and that's why I'm saying our kids are kind of just different sensitive. Sensitive. And, 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 yeah. and so I had to let the boy grow his hair. Mm. And he looks happy and he feels cool with his hair. Probably now he feels like he can fit in. So I feel like our children are experiencing different traumas. So something as small as hair will be traumatic for your child. Honestly it, it is a big deal uh it is a big deal because uh something I didn't share about that experience mm. was the day I actually sent him back to the barber shop to cut his hair my it was in the evening so my son um went um he went uh he got uh where the barber shop was but he didn't go in so yeah, when he came out he didn't go in but he was just hanging around there and it was in the evening mm. and to my shock my son disappeared wow he uh, literally and this is a life experience he really didn't come home until midnight we are like waiting looking i'm so anxious as a parent i call my spiritual parents i you know i'm like you know driving all over within our neighborhood we can't find him and he didn't want to talk so this 
really created it became a big issue for him mm. and and what i'm trying to say is that uh, sometimes we need to learn and be sensitive to our children's need you know lifestyle may not be a big deal to us as parents mm. eh? but to them it is a big deal and how they grow up the effect that will have um on them, on them it is key and these are some of the things we need to look at even as we are bringing up uh, young adults yeah i guess um yeah uh our children's trauma is just uh it's just going to be a different one but we i think we just have to accept where they are and their times and and accept that certain things that may look petty for us they are a very big deal to them just yeah. to, to add on what you're saying huh? I think that one thing we need to realize the thing that uh, the times that we are living in our children are exposed to so much and they get to see a lot with the internet with the telly because I remember me when I was growing up the TV station was just one station and I had no idea about what other countries used to do till when KTN when KTN came in Ketien came in when I was in Form 1. That's yeah, was, <laughs> was a long time ago. I know. When, now that's when we discovered this MTV, all that. For me, for me, I usually say the best thing one can do as a parent is you build capacity within your child. Mm. Learn to have those discussions. I'm thinking in terms of if a child wants to change their hair, to just have, let's have this conversation. Why do you need to change your hair? Why do you feel you need to change your hair? And yeah. even when me, I express myself, me, I don't like this hairstyle because of A, B, and C. You like it like this. Even if I give the leeway, when the child goes, he knows what I'm not comfortable with about the hairstyle. Because I think it's very easy for us to do the way we do. Our mothers used to say no, or you're, you're not going here, you're not going, but they don't explain why. Yeah. So you know that when you don't explain why to a child, mm. it's such, now you're beef up their their curiosity mm. i normally handle children in sunday school i remember there's a time we, we, when you go somewhere maybe it's an outing and you see an area that you've told them not to go we realize when we used to talk about it okay now there's a pool there i don't want to see anyone at the pool so there's one who said oh there was a pool i had not seen oh you mean there's a pool there we can we can go and see what is there even if we don't get in their curiosity. So I have learned, we learn to, when we are aware of something that is so dangerous, the facilitators among ourselves will say, we have to keep an eye on that area. We don't tell the children. Mm. Because when we used to say, that's when we'll have more trouble. Yeah, and they would get more curious. So uh, for me, I would say there's a need for parents to be friends with their children. Mm. Allow them to express their emotions in a comfortable way. I, I believe when a child knows here, if I say how I'm feeling, I'll not be judged. I'll not be told I'm stupid. I'll not be told you go and live in that house. You know, at times mm. when you say, Mommy, I want my hair to be done like so and so, mm. then you're told, Okay, Tracy, you will go and live in that, in this house. But we don't explain why this is not there. So I, I believe if you give an explanation to a child and they know Mommy doesn't like this because of this, me, I like it, they will know it's okay to disagree and agree. And also, even if they do a mistake and they have been told this might happen and they see it, they will tend to now to seek for advice more. Uh, thank you, Agi. Here we're winding up. As we wind up, um, we're just talking about um, what uh, we were just briefly talking about different traumatic experiences that could be 
that our children are going to experience right now that we can't even relate to and we will think it's petty because it's small and yeah so we're just now winding up talking about some of the ways that we can maybe do damage control we cannot completely uh, prevent our children from experiencing mine had shared earlier about uh, being more aware of the developmental stages that our children are going through uh, and meeting them at a point of need. I think most times we do bl blanket parenting for the children. We have a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 19-year-old, and we, we think the rules apply for all of them, but they are going through different developmental stages. So just being aware and allowing your child to go through those stages and knowing what they are going through will, I think, I believe, helps to to minimize their the traumatic, experiences that you might cause to them yeah so ruth any parting words any take home for parents on how they can try and do damage control for and not ex uh, expose their children to a lot of traumatic experiences that will affect them as children martin any parting words on how parents can minimize i, th I think for if i would i would say i think there is what personally i call intentional parenting mm. And yeah. intentional parenting yeah. is going out of your way mm. to learn what you need to do or what you need to learn as a parent. Yeah. Uh, learning how to be oh, yeah. an effective and a better parent. Uh, and there are so many options. Mm. I'll give you like my for my example. I've gone through classes of parenting. And when I usually tell mm. I talk about parenting, it's not that I'm talking about the children. Yeah. I'm talking about me. me. Learning how to be an effective parent yeah. in the generation we are living in and the, with the different circumstances as Agias put it, we live in very different times. I've yeah. attended classes for uh, a guy called Standing Kolwe. I've gone through various classes which in essence is trying to build me and my wife to be better parents to our kids. And so I think what you have talked about even being, in, being uh, looking at kids and their differences and not comparing them. You remember as kids I was compared to my sister, to my brother. Mm -hmm. It was that thing. And even when you grow up, you might end up doing the same thing. But as I continue uh, seeking more information and knowledge about how to become a better parent, mm -hmm. I think I become a better parent. But the only thing I usually tell people, it doesn't stop. Yeah. You continue pursuing knowledge and wisdom that makes you an effective and a better parent to your children. And that way, you're also investing a legacy in them on how to do it with their children as well. Yeah. And so for me, it's just investing in yourself and there are so many things, there are books. We live in an era, I usually say, uh, like Agi said, we used to have only one television channel. Mm -hmm. We live in an era where there is the, we are online, we are interacting with gadgets every day. There's so much material online. Yeah, even and right now as you speak, exa we have gadgets, guys. Exactly. So there's so much information out there for you to say, mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it, or to say, I just saw my parents did it, mm -hmm. and you do not task yourself to go out to go. and pursue mm -hmm. and see is there a different way things can be done yeah. so my challenge to parents is be intentional and go out and look for more uh, more ways because there are better ways of doing things always yeah there are so many i think uh, there's also information out there like these developmental stages i was talking about you just simply go and google sony um, ericsson's developmental stages and sigmund fruit cycle analysis anal uh, psychoanalysis and yes. psychosocial yes. developmental yes. stages Ruth, any parting words for parents on how to do damage control? Just to add up to what Marito was saying, for me, I feel like 
uh, allow the kids to express themselves. Yeah. Get to understand their point of view, where they're coming from. Yeah. And then from there, you know how to then handle the situation. Yeah. 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 Yvonne, any parting words for parents? Um, I, I think just like everyone has said, mm-hmm. is that uh, we need to invest in ourselves, uh, parents, yeah. so that we are able to bring up our children in a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just bring up our children as you were brought up. Yeah. So, so I think for me is that uh, let's be intentional, mm. intentional to learning and open-minded. Yeah. That that's for me is working. Uh, that uh, I'm 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 just being too intentional and learning and listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for sharing. Agi, did you say your parting words? Yeah, you said your parting words. So yeah, don't uh, just. Uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast. Tune in for our next podcast. It's gonna be a hot topic. You don't want to miss. We'll be talking about fifty-fifty when it comes to marriage. So you don't uh-huh. want to miss that one. It's 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 something that <laughs> it's going round. But how does it affect your marriage? So please do not miss. We'll have Maliti. We'll have our team, our therapist, and maybe other guests. God willing, yeah. But we appreciate you and uh, we hope that as a parent you're doing the best that you can and just pray for your children. We forgot to mention this. True. Pray for your children. Uh, there are certain things that are beyond us, like I say, death, disaster. These things can affect your child. But uh, how do you handle the things that are beyond your control? Sometimes it's just by praying and uh, yeah, enroll your kids to programs it's not just about educating yourself as a parent some there are some programs out there where your child can also learn more about themselves and learn certain skills that can help them through life but thank you maliti thank you ruth thank you yvonne thank you agnes and it's me tracy your host see you next time